I'm just unwrapping a cookie. Okay, well, tell me when you guys are done and we can go ahead and get the episode started. I have unwrapped the cookie. Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I got a mouthful of cookie. <laughs> Already check you guys. <laughs> and I'm Mac. <laughs> All right, we're playing the feud. Let's go. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode by episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms because it is truly outrageous and it truly uh, it respects Mexico the same way that the greasy guy who comes into your game store every once in a while respects women. That's damning. All right, this is Season 2, Episode 8, also known as Episode 35, Aztec Enchantment. This episode was written by Misty Stewart Taggart. I had to look her up. She's a new writer for the show so far. She has one other episode, which is Trick or Tech Rat. Yes! The Halloween episode, which is great. Uh, she's also written for a smattering of other cartoons, like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, He-Man, the other He-Man in space that we don't like to talk about. She also wrote the stories for two of the 13 episodes of the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, and uh, I did the math, and that's about 15% of the whole series. It's a, that's a pretty good record for a Scooby-Doo series. I think what we can take from all of this is that she really likes ghosts. She does, you're right. We start with Rio. A familiar scene, Rio being an unlikable buffoon. An unlikable gorilla, in fact. Yeah, Rio's like standing behind like a gorilla and the way that this gorilla's face is drawn, I feel like I should probably be offended on somebody's behalf, but I can't figure out whose. Yeah, he's, he's making raw noises at Aja from behind this gorilla and Aja's basically not having any time for his shenanigans. Yeah, thoroughly unimpressed with Rio shenanigans was my exact note. I want a banana, Rio. Sigh. Rio's here. Why is everyone in Dr. Livingston outfits? I don't know! What are they? What, where are they? Is this like a shop? I think it's like a sporting goods outfitter. Sporting goods stores carry pith helmets now? It's where you go pick up a Sherpa. It turns out that video is entering some international rock video competition and no two tapes can be shot in the same place, so it's at most secret, but they're obviously going somewhere jungly because they're wearing the safari outfits. And we learn this because Lindsay pops up into the shot like some kind of whack-a-mole. And I gotta say, like, can Lindsay and Video just interact more often? Because I feel like they have a really good energy going there together, and maybe Video could get over her hopeless crush on Jem that's definitely there. So we're just to double-check, characters who have a hopeless crush on Jem, we're at two now, right? We definitely had Rhea. Uh, we've got Video. Let's see, Rio probably counts. There was Fitz. Oh, Fitz. There was the fan. I'm, I'm up to five. I'm probably missing like six others so far. There should be a support group or something. This is also apparently we're just like thoroughly shoving Anthony Julian out the door now. So I guess video will and has always uh, done Gems music videos. On videotape, I guess. Because that's a quality medium in 1986. Oh, absolutely. Dear kids, VHS is terrible. Don't be nostalgic for it. This contest is also, like, apparently it's the only award video hasn't won, which seems like a broad statement to me. Yeah, but it also comes out of Rio's mouth, so I'm not entirely sure it's true. Alright, so, now for significantly less glamour, glitter, fashion, and fame. Smile, darlings! I think he says snarl, darling. It's hard to tell with his accent. I heard smile, too, but I, I did note that it might be snarl. 
Vizaz is like, I've been snarling since I saw the, about the contest video. Gem and her photo shoot and her pretty hair and her... I think we can add pizzazz to the crush on Gem list. I think that's probably accurate. Anyway, here comes Clash, who, may we remind you, will never be a misfit. And she comes in with this super fancy camera that her dad bought her, presumably by selling his house. It's twice the camera my stupid cousin Video's got. As she wants to film them and ruin Video's chance at the festival. Okay, seriously though, Clash, it's probably not better than any of Video's camera equipment. Your dad probably went to the local Walmart, if he's anything like most of my parents. I say, like, I have five parents, I only have three. Uh, They probably went to the local Walmart, walked up to the guy in the electronic session, and said, I need a good Video camera. So the the Misfits are dubious about Clash's perfect plan to get video. Because it requires that Clash know how to film a video. And they say that the last time you tried to film us, it was a disaster. Do you guys know what she's referring to? No, not at all. Either these episodes are out of sequence and this is referring to something later, or... I don't know. I can't remember another time when Clash tried to film them doing something. Okay, so, so get this, get this. Clash has got video's secret location. And she says, I disguised myself as her maid and we all cleaned up. This is a throwaway line. This is the kind of show this is. This is a throwaway line. We're not meant to remark on it, to think it's unusual. Clash disguised herself as a maid that that her cousin probably doesn't have. And then her cousin, who has known her since birth, could not recognize her. And she wandered around the house, going through video's drawers. I... This is a throwaway line. That's what kind of show this is. I love Jem, you guys. Meanwhile, at an Indiana Jones map. Okay. All right. I have a whole section just on this freaking map. Oh, God. Notable highlights. Belize and Guatemala at the bottom are just gone. There's this weird, like, askew coastline for the U.S. up there. And, like, Louisiana is all off kilter. And I think that's supposed to be Florida up there. Also, we've got uh, we've got this big non-specific blob that is Mexico City. Yeah, and then there's a little dotted line that curves out to a little cross that says Aztec ruins. That seems a little close for an undiscovered ruin. Uh, you guys get this? It's uh, it's somewhere near a town called uh, Apizaco, and I'm sorry if I'm garbling this, guys. Uh, but it's a little ways off of State Highway 150D. I love the video has managed to locate a map of Mexico where the only things labeled are Mexico City and some Aztec ruins. Okay, so we pull away from this, what I generously refer to as a map. And video says she's shooting her video at a, quote, newly discovered Aztec ruin. Why would a bunch of glam rockers be allowed to traipse all over a newly discovered Aztec ruin? And Rhea's parents are here for some reason. Rhea's parents are here. Yay! Hi, Rhea's dad! Oh, best dad! Uh, they're worried about her going to Mexico, um, but Rhea will have none of it since they told her so much about it. She wants to see her heritage. Right, Rhea's never been to Mexico before, so this, she says, is her first chance, which seems a little weird that her first chance to go to Mexico as what is probably an 18-year-old woman at, at the outlier. This is her first chance to go with a bunch of glam rockers. And then we also have this thing where, like, Rhea's parents are really worried because, like, this is in a jungle. You've been in SoCal for your entire life. This doesn't seem advisable. And Rio says, don't worry, Video's hired the best guide available. And of course, I'll be there. Oh, Rio. And then Jem pops in with, despite that, we'll be just fine. Sparkle burn! Ho oh, dang! 
That was an actual canonical Rio burn. Good job, Missy Stewart Taggart. I actually had to rewind to make sure that I heard that right. I was like, did Jem just burn Rio? Anyway, Rhea's dad is like, well, okay, have a good time. Rhea, Mexico is your heritage. Be proud. And he just like gives her a big old hug along with her mom. Oh, Rhea's dad, you're the best. Rhea's dad is the best parental figure in this show. There's not a whole lot, but he's the best one. So we cut to Mexico City and everybody's already in costume for the shoot. Yeah, already in costume, despite the fact they're going to have like a long, sweaty journey. They they must have flown down like that. Okay, l- l- I mean, they're in this huge freaking downtown metropolis. I want you to pause for a moment and just visualize all these glam rockers just standing in the middle of Mexico City Airport in pith helmets. These gringos think it's appropriate to go waltzing around a foreign city in pith helmets. And luckily, their tour guide does not bat an eye on this because he's seen too many gringos and, uh, oh no, he's hot. Yeah, Aja immediately is like, oh, Rhea's definitely going to enjoy her time in Mexico. Aja, do not. This is Luis Geraldo. He has a fancy mustache. He's like, let me show you an Aztec temple in the heart of Mexico City. And I'm guessing, judging by some very basic Google food, this is probably Templo Mayor. Which is in uh, which is in Mexico City Center and is a uh, and is a protected area. This is also the first thing that you will ever learn about Mexico. I mean, we probably all know this. For those of you outside the uh, for those of you outside North America, I guess there's a story uh, from the Aztecs that says that they were supposed to build a great city and a new civilization. Uh, where they found an eagle holding a snake on top of a cactus, which is why that is the icon on their flag. And they found that. Yeah, and they built a a city whose pronunciation I'm going to probably garble in this entire thing because it's Aztec and their language does not Romanize well. I grew up hearing Tenochtitlan, but they pronounce it Tenochtitlan in this, so I don't know. Because I heard Tenochtitlan too, and that was, of course, in Indiana. Which is not to be trusted in terms of how things are pronounced in another language. Uh, we do have a town that is actually called Versailles. Yes, it's pronounced Versailles. Yes, it's spelled the same as Versailles. Don't worry about it. He relates that whole story and Kimber, true to form, is like, I don't get it. Where is this Tanachalafness? Oh, Kimber, you should have paid attention in fourth grade history. Right here, says Luis. It's slowly sinking. The whole city is slowly sinking since it was built on top of a city that was built on top of a lake. Everything's fine. We should leave this town soon. Meanwhile, in a Jeep. They have three Jeeps. We have three Jeeps for our entire glam rock group. They're touring around like dirt roads and they say they'll stop in a nearby village for lunch. The village is just around the bend, Luis says, and they pull up and the village is crumbled. He says it must have been the earthquake we had several weeks ago. An entire village has been demolished for weeks and you're just finding out about it now? Out of curiosity, I checked out what earthquakes had happened recently in Mexico at this time. Uh, This episode was released in 1987. It takes eh, how long to make a cartoon? So I figured out that it would probably be relevant to maybe the Mexico City earthquake and its aftershocks, which was in September of 1985. And it notoriously killed over 5,000 people. So yeah, that's that's probably the current event we're referencing. And video's first instinct is to get some establishing wide shots, get a medium close-up of a sad-looking hungry kid, and slap in the arms of the angel on top of it and ship it back to the States. 
Oh, white girls. Uh, update. Video had her only freaking video camera just sitting around in a Jeep, in an open-air Jeep, without a case and definitely without a lens cap. And she very conspicuously moves a bag of apples so she could, like, an entire, a full bag of apples for some reason. It's just sitting there. Yeah, and she moves it and fetches her camera and puts it down and then a small child runs past, steals the apples and the camera. And then the kid trips and drops the apples but keeps the camera. We have a whole freaking chase scene with this. And eventually we catch them. His name is Paco. He refers to himself in the third person and he is a very pretty boy. Oh, we're doing this, I guess. It turns out Paco not only habla espanol, but he is also a fluent bilingual, except for a few weird tics. You betcha Paco speaks English. I'm smart. He refers to himself in the third person, who refers to the United States as either America or El Norte. And he is an orphan, like every other character except Rhea, who wants to bet on whether or not Luis has living parents. Yeah, and he demands that the holograms smuggle him across the border, I guess. And then when they say no, he runs off. Yeah, because he thinks that everybody in El Norte ha- is rich and has big houses and lots of cars. And frankly, the holograms cannot dissuade him of this notion because look at them. Like everybody these characters interact with on a regular basis, except the one guy at the Mirage Garage and his ruined Tower of Tires live in a mansion. Or Zipper, who lives in Hawaii jail. Or Tech Rat, who lives in the Technodrome. I'm willing to call that a mansion of sorts. So the kid runs off and then Luis is like, oh, don't worry, the village will take care of him. The village is demolished, Luis. But no, we cut to a very precarious cliffside road. And then they're like, oh, the bridge may have been messed up by the earthquake. It's a huge suspension bridge, so it actually looks fine. Oh, but oh no, Paco stowed away. Oh no, who could have seen this coming? Guess what wretched urchin we have to deal with for the rest of the episode. They come across the bridge and it's completely intact. They start driving across and then another earthquake hits as they're crossing. And for some reason, now this is the shoddiest bridge ever made and it starts to collapse immediately. It's incredible. It looks like it it looks like the way it crumbles, like the way something like a video game obstacle does on a 2D platformer. But it's okay because you guys, somebody's going to die and it's a commercial break. And when we come back from commercial, Luis backs up the car manages to not get dropped into the river and he just reverses back onto the cliffside. It's a nice little piece of animation, honestly. The physics of it are a bit squiffy, but it looks cool. Exactly. Anyway, so they're, they they think they're pretty much stuck, that they're not going to be able to get to these ruins at all. But here comes a helicopter. Oh, so they get out and they start waving at the helicopter for help. But Rio is the first to be like, you're not going to believe this. It's Clash and the Misfits. Even the holograms don't count Clash as a real misfit. And Paco says he knows another way to the ruins, despite the fact that he has never been there. Yeah, because the misfits are sure as heck not going to be any help for them. And while they all follow Paco, Pizzazz says, let's go back and buzz them one more time. And I paused it here because Eric just has this expression on his face. Like he just swallowed his stomach and he's feebly reaching for the controls before Pizzazz can do what she does and wreck everything. And then Pizzazz does what she does and wrecks everything. So Paco leads them to another bridge. It is not as nice a bridge, but he says his grandfather helped fix it. Also, somehow it withstands the weight of the jeeps going across. Yeah. Speaking of somehow they survive. I don't believe we survived, says Eric twice. The helicopter crashed. They're all alive. 
Eric doesn't believe it, and Clash is like, whatever, I still have this Indiana Jones map. Let's walk, bring the supplies. I guess actually seeing the helicopter crash wasn't in the budget for this episode. No. We're stars, not pack mules, shouts pizzazz as they have to start walking uh, to get towards where they want to go. Guess who is a pack mule, though? It's Eric and the nameless pilot. And Eric is like, why is there never, never ending quicksand when you need it? And I'm like, poor Eric. He wants to die so bad. He is at his lowest here. He is the most weary I have ever seen him. And he's in his tropical getaway t-shirt. Meanwhile, at the Aztec ruins located off of State Highway 150D. And I just want to point out that this episode is very much not going to talk about the human sacrifice thing, except for one notable occasion. Holy Jeez, we're not going to talk about the ritual sacrificing. We don't even talk about the calendars. Yeah, for all that this episode is supposedly in love with Aztec culture, aside from, like, panning shots of ruins, we don't get a lot of Aztec culture. But we do get Video's explanation for why they get to do this. She says, I have a friend who makes documentary films for the Mexican government. He made it possible for us to be the very first to film this new discovery. That's not an explanation. Why is this allowed? Jem's the most famous person in the world, Kit. Jem won the Indy 500. Later, she's gonna find Shangri-La. Louis, he starts pointing things out and saying things like the Aztecs would gather in that square to dance and celebrate their gods. And then Kimber pipes up with outrageous. No, Kimber. No. Be quiet, Kimber. Maybe if this was the road to El Dorado, Kimber. And Paco's like, why do you like Mexico so much? And they're like, why don't we tell you? In a song. And then they start Aztec enchantment. None of the lyrics have anything to do with the Aztec. Yeah, it's just, it's they just like name drop it. I want to fly magic. None of this is Aztec. So I know we always have some confusion about whether or not the music videos are diegetic. Is this the music video that they came here to film? Because there's a whole lot of extras in there. Not only that, but we see them in completely different costumes when they're ostensibly filming the video later. We know that they're actually singing because somebody starts shouting from further inside the ruins saying, stop that racket. You're right. And Jem says, that wasn't ear splitting noise. That was music. Mm, Potato, potato. Okay, so I had in my notes that this guy who walks out of here is named Dr. Balthazar, but I think it's Valdazar. It's Dr. Valdazar, a quote-unquote famous archaeologist. That Rhea recognizes on site. Rhea, what's your inner life like? What are you into? I want to know more about this. Dr. Valdazar, being a voice of reason, doesn't want these glam rockers traipsing all over an undiscovered Aztec ruin. Also something-something treasure hunters. But Rio is like, we have permission from the government to be here. That is Rio's entire contribution to this conversation. Yeah, and they're like, we're filming tomorrow. Anyway, at some other ruins. Clash one, you guys. Uh, they're looking at a pyramid and they're like, uh, but video isn't here, so they must have found a different place where they can film. Eric wants to know what video would want with some forbidden stinkhole like this. Wow, Eric. Wow, Eric. Uh, also, Pizzazz is like, if that cream puff gem can perform in this swamp, so can I. Roll them. And right after our first music video, we get our second music video. We got almost halfway into the episode before we had any music video. And now there's two within like two minutes. Welcome to the jungle where they've got fun and games. 
Nope, nope, nope. Different, different welcome to the jungle. Oh. I applaud your effort, though. This is the one that we last heard in Starbright Part 3, Rising Star. All the costumes are the same, and it's basically the same music video, except we don't have Pizzazz's little kick dance. Clash is really bad at filming, and they uh, use an actual image of burning all the holograms at the stake. And the holograms are in Aztec costumes. Also, there's lots of shots of, like, them being attacked by snakes and stuff. Tons of snakes. Lots of different kinds of snakes. And also, uh, Clash hitting her camera in the same animation, like, three times. Yeah, Clash apparently never learned how to operate a video camera. But it's twice as fancy as videos. And honestly, where Aztec enchantment just felt like they just kind of shoved the word Aztec onto a bunch of words that meant nothing, at least the misfits referenced jungles. Fair point. Meanwhile, a video's video shoot. Wow, that's a confusing sentence. Look at these freaking costumes. Oh god, Jim has the biggest hat. They're all in like, we think this is what Aztecs wore outfits. Yeah, it's, yeah. All I know is that I feel a little uncomfortable at all of this. And Paco is still demanding to be smuggled across the border. So Dr. Balthazar is like, be evil for me, son, and I will take you to America. Paco, uh goes to find Jim, and then he leads her along to show her something. It's a well. It's a well. A sacrificial well. So deep, it is nearly bottomless, says Dr. Valdezar, and he says, take a closer look, and pushes her down a well. And that's our other commercial break. Memento mori, Pyar dolls, or Jim will die in the well. So, despite the fact that the sacrificial well is so deep that it's nearly bottomless, Jem does not die instantly upon hitting the water at the bottom. Also, sacrificial well? What? I don't think that's what they did. No, Aztec sacrifices were more public. We're not casting aspersions on, like, a ancient civilization's practices of human sacrifice. We're just pointing out that they probably didn't do it this way. Yeah, in a well out back. If you're going to honor your god with a sacrifice, you don't do it in the well out back. So Paco is like, well, hey, I like helped you with the evil thing. Can you take me to El Norte now? And the guy's like, I'll push you down a well. So Paco does the right thing. He goes to try and find the adults in the group, but they're gone. Yeah, they've wandered off because they're looking for Jem. In the temple that no one has thought to enter before today. And Louise is like, I don't understand. Where are the treasures? What are the treasures? What are you talking about? I guess it's just assumed that an undiscovered Aztec ruin will have treasures in it. So Valdazar has a truck. Yeah, and he's loading up the treasures into it. Whatever the treasures are, he has them. They're in great big crates, like Indiana Jones crates. Top men. They're gonna go sell those treasures to top men. Valdazar and his guys take off in the truck. Rio and Luis head him off the pass, make him crash. And that's pretty much, like, it for that scene, aside from, like, we, we have a little cut where Paco gets some dangerous music while he throws a vine down to help Jem shimmy up. This, this so deep it is nearly bottomless well, the vine reaches all the way down. So, meanwhile, all the adults are interrogating Dr. Balthazar, and he's like, oh yes, I will take you to Jem, and I swear, I thought for a minute that his plan was, I'll push everybody down the well. All your problems go away down the bottomless well. I guess uh, he does lead them down to a trap room where he locks them in. And it turns out the real Balthazar is locked in a cage. And he's like, I am Ramon Chavez and you're going to die here. He's got a great plan. He's just going to lock these guys away in a room. And Olmec is going to open up the hidden temple. So Jem and Paco making up the blue barracudas can go get the treasure at the end. 
and maybe win a sweet Casio keyboard while they're at it. And Jem and Paco start looking for the others, and we get another music video. Love will show the way. This is another new one. And it's basically Jem and Paco running around the set of a Mummy sequel. Or Legends of the Hidden Temple. I like to think Jem almost gets nabbed by the temple guards, but she had enough coins to, like, stave them off. Uh, they're really bad at figuring out the Shrine of the Silver Monkey. Uh, Jem keeps putting, like, the head first, and then Paco keeps slamming the butt on top of the monkey, and nobody knows what to do with the center. Also, there's a notable bit where Rio tries to punch his way out of the tomb. And there's also uh, the Doctor Who scene with uh, Rio on one side and Jim on the other, leaning against it. Oh, it's so romantic. Anyway, they finally find the tomb, and Paco tries to punch the evil archaeologist with his pretty baby boy hands, but they are no good. Also, Ramon Chavez is still hanging out outside of the tomb. I thought he would have left by now. You would think. Is he just going to wait until they starve to death? Does he not know how death works? I mean, he thought that well was bottomless. So Jim suddenly remembers that this is actually a science fiction show and Synergy exists. We have frickin' holograms! Synergy, it's time for some ancient help! We all know how much Synergy loves to play God. So Synergy creates a giant Aztec warrior and a tiny normal-sized man. I don't know why she did both. It seems like one would have sufficed. Maybe the big one. It's the ghost of the Aztecs! Return our treasures! You are doomed! And then Ramon Chavez tries to punch a hologram, and when he falls to the floor, he immediately gives up. Please, please don't kill me. I will do everything. I'll be good. Please don't put me in Hawaii jail. So, meanwhile, the misfits are not doing so hot. No, they're wandering through the jungle again and probably lost. Probably dehydrated, at least. And then they hear a car. Who could it be, you guys? Who could it be? It's the holograms, and the holograms actually, like, pick up the misfits. I've got a question, though. All right. Why are the misfits in this episode? If the misfits weren't in this episode, the plot would have been exactly the same. They had no effect on it whatsoever. Yeah, their B-plot is completely unrelated. It's completely separate. They weren't even at the same site, which means that the misfits may have inadvertently discovered another Aztec temple and told nobody. There's not already like an archaeology team there being like, who the hell are you? And this is not touched upon at all, the fact that they were at a completely different temple and may have been the first to be there. We cut back to the village, and Paco has decided to stay in Mexico because he suddenly loves his country. Yeah, and he suddenly loves engineering. They built things the Earth cannot break. I will go to school and build things the earthquakes cannot knock down. This would be a really cool character development for him if it had been built up to, like, at all throughout the episode. Yeah, you think maybe, like, throughout the episode, even just, like, one line about him commenting about how, like, wow, this is still here even with all these earthquakes. That would be something. But no, this is just right out of left field. Paco's like, I'm gonna be an architect because I love my country. That's neat. I like the idea of that. But you're right, the execution is just kind of what? The holograms were also going to ask permission for the government to take Paco to El Norte. Which I don't think that's how it goes. To be fair, they are the most popular band in the world, so I'm pretty sure they could get away with anything. Just stealing a Mexican child, sure. And then we cut to the music video contest, or the rock video contest. I'm not sure what the difference is. But video has won off screen, completely off screen. It's just taken for granted that she won. And they're like, what are you going to do with your fabulous prize money that you just won? And she's going to say, we're going to give this money to something near and dear to our hearts. And I was figuring restoration efforts for Paco's town. But no, they're just giving the money to Paco to fund his education. Paco's going to go to college, I guess. As Paco's college fund. And uh, we cut to the valuable use of Paco's college fund as he is in public school and his teacher is saying, do you know why there's an eagle on our flag? 
I get the feeling this is supposed to be like a a touching bookend to the to the story, but it doesn't really work. Yeah, because he wants to be like an architect, and he looks out the window, and then he sees the the eel, and is like, "Oh, I can build here and make great things," or something, something. And uh, yeah, that that completely wraps up our episode. Actually, there's there's no superstar segments, there's no uh, music video repeats, which is great because I don't think I could take another moment of Jem and Rio staring longingly into each other's eyes. I don't think anybody could. We got freaking two of those today. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to us? Why was Rio there? The eternal question. The Gem Jam comes out every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can find us just about anywhere at the Gem Jam, except on Twitter, where we are at Gem Jam Cast. Anyway, if you want to support the show, you can give us a subscribe, a rating, a review on iTunes in particular would be great, but and just about anywhere where you find our podcast would be super. They really help our metrics, help us get discovered by more people who want to hear about holograms. We are also, if you have a couple of bucks and you want to spend them on us, on Patreon at patreon.com slash the gem jam. We've got some cool stuff on there. I'm particularly proud of what uh, of what we've been putting out for our backers. Also, uh, on our Patreon, we are currently about 25 bucks away from our next milestone. That milestone being, if we reach $100 per month, we will start doing Let's Plays of terrible dating sims and incredibly dated RPGs. Yeah, we, uh, we have a particular weakness for crappy Otome games. I was also on two more episodes of Sailor Business recently. We talked about the episode where Rini gets sick towards the end of R. It's the one where Sailor Pluto shows up. Uh, and they go inside the mindscape, and it's really boring, but we had fun with that. And it was also the first episode with Esmerod, a.k.a. Hell Yes, Merod, a.k.a. Uh, one of the best villains in the show. And some people get turned into cakes. So if that's your thing, check out Sailor Business. Yeah, that is, uh, that is hosted by Jordan D. White and Chris Sims. They are some good folk. We've had Chris on here before. I think you guys might really like that. And uh, yeah, I think that wraps it up for us. So until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Gem, where we remind you that he who hesitates is outrageous.